This week's episode of Tea with Queen and Jay podcast is sponsored by the book, Layla's Happiness, a children's book by author Mariah Hadessa Akari Tally, illustrated by Ashley Corinne. Layla's Happiness is the book Tally couldn't find to share with her first two daughters when they were young. She found many wonderful books, some with brown-skinned children, but not a single one about a brown-skinned child who was just growing up as so many children do, active, daydreaming, well-loved, and happy. She wanted to write about a child emotionally nourished enough to be trying out her wings on currents of lightness, air, and happiness. A sweet and lively portrait of a contemporary city kid, Layla's Happiness invites all readers into the story to identify, grow familiar, and consider what happiness is for themselves. Layla shares her feelings, wanting to listen, to hear back from all the other children reading her story, and to open a conversation about happiness itself, what it feels like, when you know it, and what it is to say it. Pick up Layla's Happiness on Amazon, at Barnes & Nobles, and other places that children's books are sold. And explore what happiness means to you. This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, fuck is happening in Iran and what does it have to do with Black Americans? If you're not in Black love, can you critique Black love? And when's the last time a white person touched your hair? We know they're not supposed to, but what do you do when they do it anyway because they always fucking do? Like in real life, like what do you do? Like for real. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. We're doing it. Uh oh. We're doing it. Uh oh. 2020. 2020. Is Podcasting. Here. In the year 2020. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I feel good. Excited to start a new year and shit. Yeah, me too. You know me. I'm a New Year's ass bitch. You so. are a New Year's ass bitch. Yeah. Did you do your vision board? Yes, I did. Nice. I did. Good, good, good. Yes, yes. I'm going to rock up the one I had last year. Look, sometimes you just have to revamp it and yeah, add some stuff. They still apply. I looked at totally it and I was fun. like, that's, that's good. I'm, 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 I'm on, I'm on those, more of those things. <laughs> Go with that. That works. Welcome, Welcome to, to Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. Ew. All right. Yes. First hour of the 2020. Yes. The hour is cleansing. It it's is. It's a cleansing hour. It is. Ow. 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 Okay. <laughs> if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social meds. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, use that shit. We retweet it. We like it. We love it. And then you can find other people who listen to Team with Queen and Jay there as well. You know, community. Another hashtag we would like you to use is pod in. And that is a now listening hashtag. And that allows people using that hashtag to find Team with Queen and Jay. That's right. Yes. That is right. Mm -hmm. We like to start the podcast off with our libations, the people, places, and things that bring us black ass, black joy, mm -hmm. what makes us happy, what makes us feel good. Yeah, for and the homies, the ancestors, all that shit. Yeah. I'm going to kick off our, I'm going to kick off our first libations mm -hmm. for the new year, yo. 
Ow. 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 All right, so my libations this week. I actually want to pour libations for our listeners, yo. Mm-hmm. Everybody who listens to us nerd out about the ins and outs of race, gender, and all the isms. Everyone who fucks with our analysis or trusts us enough to challenge us or reach out to us with questions about these dynamics in their own lives as we dismantle white supremacist patriarchal capitalism within ourselves and our communities. So I am excited to keep doing that shit with you all. And I'm excited for everybody who's been listening yeah. and for all all the new listeners to like get in on this shit yo so i wanted to pour libations for you all mm-hmm. because there is a lot of trust i think involved in listening to people talk about race yeah um and i i value that our listeners and new listeners are trusting us to do that shit yo it is yeah so libations and thank you also I wanted to pour libations for Kwanzaa Crawl. Ew. We did that again this year. Yeah. Libations to Kwanzaa Crawl. For those who don't know, that is a bar crawl that centers black-owned bars and restaurants around New York City in Brooklyn and Harlem. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we hung out with them. It was lit. It was fucking lit. We did the it Brooklyn Crawl yeah. this year, and it was great. Over 5,000 people participated, and it was a good way to, I think, kick off Kwanzaa. Yeah, it was. I like that. And they have, I think, 35 bars and restaurants that participate. And the amount of money that they generate for those bars is like an amount that they wouldn't have made that day otherwise. Cool amount. Yeah. yeah. It was Mm -hmm. the day after Christmas. And like every bar that we were in Uh was packed. Like I've I've never been anywhere the day after Christmas where the bar is like, is that fucking packed. So people go to bars the day after Christmas? I don't know what people do. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, um, maybe I've never been in a bar the day after Christmas that was that packed because I've never been in a bar the day after Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I asked like "Hmm." Yeah, but it it was it was a research sounds very sketchy. (laughs) Very sketch. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. But I, I like that that many people participated. Word. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was peaceful. We were together. We were being Kwanzaa. We were doing Kwanzaa. Yes. And it made me feel really good. So I'm thankful to have participated in that. And I want to pour libations for everybody who was there and participated and everybody who was there in spirit. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely pour libations for whoever wasn't there. Poured them down my throat. We, <laughs> we definitely poured a lot of libations down our throats. So what are your libations this week? Um, so my libations is for everyone who had great things to say about my mixed vixen New Year's episode. Yes. Um that's my other podcast and that's off season right now. But since I didn't do the vision board workshop that I usually do with Mix Vixen, I didn't do it because I just listened to my body and mm-hmm. my body wasn't hyped, so right. I just didn't do it. I don't just be forcing shit. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like I had to do something because I'm a New Year's ass bitch. Like, some, they need supplies. They need supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I felt. So um, I did an episode just kind of just like giving people ideas of things to do. If you're not into New Year's resolutions, maybe you could do this. If you're not into vision boards, maybe you could do that. You know, mm-hmm. like just giving people just things to do. And I got a really good response with that. So thank you to everyone who listened to that. I liked it. Episode that's of McVicks in the Podcast. And before Janicia beats me up, I'm just going to say... That makes Vixen. Oh, you, you about to tell us what Miss yes. Vixen is? Janice, you be like, bro, yo. yo, shit. New year, new attitude. Um, what is so, Miss Vixen? What is Miss Vixen? So, Miss Vixen is my lifestyle platform, and through um, a magazine, the podcast, and also live events, um, we enforce that black women femmes and folks impacted by misogyny are the standard. Yes. And not the exception. Right. So, yeah. So, the episode was pretty cool. 
Yeah, it was a mini sode actually, not mm-hmm. like a whole episode. It was only like a half an hour and shit. Yeah, but it was it was long enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Nobody. It's, no, it's a mini so sorry. I say that it's a mini so, but in podcast world, a mini so for some people is like five minutes. That is not a mini so. That um, is like, hey, bye. Like, but what, some people's whole podcast is people who podcast. That is a trailer. That is not a mini so. That's true. <laughs> That's a trailer. Oh, never mind. That is not a thing. Okay. Well, it was lovely. Yes. Thank you. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who had the great things to say about mm-hmm. that. I'm going to get into donations. Yes. Please tell people how and why they can donate to Tea with Queen and J podcast. Why they should mm-hmm. donate to our podcast. So you should donate to Tea with Queen and J to sustain this podcast. Sustain. Progress this podcast. Progress. And keep the lights on for this motherfucking podcast. There's literally lights on right now. Like, we need them to, like, stay yes, on. Yes, and, like and Con Ed definitely pulled that direct deposit out my, uh, out my bank account. Thank you. Thankfully, there was money Happy there. Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is why we asked for donations. And ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay is by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com. And if you slide down on our homepage, there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option. And that is where you could put however much you want in the pot whenever you want to. No commitment there. And our next option is our Patreon option. And that is where we are asking for $2 a month. $2. It's a little bit more commitment. Um, You can give more or less. That is to your discretion. But just $2 a month. Those are the ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay monetarily. Ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that don't cost you a dime. Oh. I just felt it in my spirit. Yeah, I'm with it. In my heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is by subscribing to this podcast. Whatever you app, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, press subscribe, press follow, however you do that. Make us permanent in your feed so we pop up every week and you listen every week and we, you know, have a listener every week out of you. Rate and review this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, all the many, 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 many ways that you listen to this show, just rate and review on that app. That is really helpful for you. That helps people find us and people like co-signers and you're mm-hmm. co-signing saying this is hot shit. Yep, so right. they find it and be like, oh, look, all the people said this is hot shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to listen to this hot shit. So we need you to do that. We do. If you are are someone who is a writer, a blogger, whatever. Feature us, write about us, tell people to listen to this podcast. Tag us in those posts where people are asking for a new podcast. If anyone you ever hear anybody, anybody say, "Hey, I'm listening. To, I'm gonna you know listen to some new podcast." Suggest us. Mm-hmm. Just suggest us. Yep. Another way you could donate to this podcast that's not monetarily is teaching someone. To listen to a podcast yes especially the elders yes. a lot of us forget them as we learn how to do new tech shit a lot of us forget to teach our parents and shit how, how do you do listen it? to a podcast mm-hmm. how do you use this new device that everybody is using yep. shit like that it's not often that they don't want to a lot of times it's like okay well who's accessible to me to show me how to use this exactly. thing and there's still a lot of people who don't know how to listen to a podcast exactly so teach them how to listen to a podcast and then the first podcast you put in they think hey. after you teach them tea with queen and jay so those are ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay and progress this podcast. Other things that you can do for Queen and Jay. Mm-hmm. If you want to support us individually. Yes, we now have our Amazon wish list. That's right. Um, we have them in the show notes. So you can just click the links that we have in the show notes and do what you got to do to like give us some love. 
pick the items you want to pick for us. Mm-hmm. And um, we really, really appreciate that too. Yeah, we definitely do. I'm going to try and put some worthwhile things in my Amazon oh, links. I, I, put I some still things. have almond milk in there. Oh, I put oh, some I do things. Oh, I do have MacBooks in there. I put some things. What did you put in yours? An Instapot. You don't know what an Instapot is? No. It's like the pots where you could do like bad shit. So you could like, it could be a slow kicker. It's like, it also is like a pressure cooker. So it cooks oh. stuff a lot faster than if you like put it in a thing. When you said Instapot, I didn't think of food at all. Because I don't cook. Pot. I don't, I don't know. For that? I thought of Instagram. I thought of marijuana. <laughs> I did not think of food. So clearly our list, our Amazon wish list are different. I put an air fryer. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was like, what up? Okay. My heart's desiring it. I even got I even got some um face cream. Just like just random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, Mine whatever. is mostly groceries, two MacBooks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. Groceries and um, MacBooks. I got some peacock feathers in there somewhere. Cute. <laughs> yes. yeah. cute, cute, cute. So yeah, so that's what's going on, on my Amazon. Okay. Issues. Perfect. Those links will be in our show notes. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and J podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and J, email us at tea with queen and J at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at TeaWithQueenAndJ at gmail.com. We got some donation libations this week. Okay. A lot of you hit the PayPal. We were actually off last week, so we have donation libations from um, the past two weeks. So thank you so much to everybody who was thinking about us over Kwanzaa and the winter holiday. Thank you so much. So we got PayPals from Anna. Thank you, Anna. Z, the homie from Watch's Plate Podcast. Thank you so much, Z. We appreciate you. What the fuck? I just like saying that. What the fuck? What the fuck? Mirta. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Mirta says, just got paid, so I thought you guys should get paid too. Happy Kwanzaa. Thank you so much. That's super duper sweet. The homie Evian from Sexually Liberated Woman Podcast broke us off a grip. A grip. It was super duper helpful. Thank you so much, Evian. And she says, Naima and Janicia, since it's... That's us, you guys. (laughs) Since it's the end of... Naima, by the way. (laughs) My name is Janicia. (laughs) Since it's the end of the year, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on all the people in my life I feel blessed to know and have helped me grow. And immediately you two came to mind. I've been going through a lot behind the scenes this year, dealing with all manner of racism and white fuckery. Y'all know I live in white ass Portland and there have been so many times this year where all I wanted was to be around black femmes who I can rage with, cry with, and laugh with. Your podcast has given me that. It's given me more than I can put into words. I'm getting teary just writing this all out. And I'm so, so grateful. This is for your excellence. This is for your incredible education. This is for every single time you've shouted out my podcast on your episodes. It's never... It has never gone unnoticed. This is for the community you have created that you've invited me to be a part of. This is for the ways you have inspired me to decolonize and dismantle. This is for every single thing you've taught me this year. And honestly, it's not enough considering how deeply you have impacted my life. But it's a start. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for all that you do, for the space you take up, for the excellence you display, and the black joy you bring me and others. May 2020 bring you so many blessings and opportunities, both within this podcast and without, and may you each never forget how valuable and important you are. XO Evian. 
Thank you, Evian. That was super duper that sweet. Was so sweet. And we love and appreciate you, Evian. And Word. we appreciate you using your platform to support our work and for hitting us up when you're in New York so that we can hang. You know, yeah. we definitely, it has been a pleasure to get to know you. So yeah, thank really you so has. much. And we got some new patrons, patrons, whatever they call them. Yeah. <laughs> we have Fabi Fab from Latinos Who Lunch. Hey, Thanks, Fabi. Fabi, thank you. And we have May Lee of the Chronic Loaf community on um, Twitter. And you can check that out, Chronic Loaf underscore, just so you know exactly where to find that at. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got Ross as a patron. Thanks, Ross. Daniele or Danielle. And we got TM, just two letters, TM. We got Kim, Bronze Betty. Oh, I like that. That's cute. Kristen and Ashley as new patrons. Ow. Thank thank you you all. This is dope. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank y'all. So just real quick, we were hacked on Instagram. On the gram. We were hacked on the motherfucking gram. On the gram. And uh, the hacker slid sent a fucking mass message Slitting to all, the, all, all of our followers, followers or people DMs, we follow yeah. and all the DMs and shit and sent a weird message to fucking hack more people. So if you click that open, I would change your password yep. and it's fixed. We're no longer like hacked. Like it's us now. Um, but that's just like a heads up. So yeah. also a heads up. It's helpful if for some of the messages you send to email them, so that we're not like just clicking anything and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you like focus on sending us stuff via email, we're less likely to like run into things like that. Right. It'll just be helpful mm-hmm. if you guys just know that mm-hmm. for going forward. Yeah, that's that's most helpful. I know a lot of people communicate with us via DMs and we try our best to like be responsive and remember what you all sent us send us, but it is most helpful to us. We prefer if, if you, you would, would email, email us. us. Yeah. Yep. So that is what had happened. Because the message, happened. the message that it sent. It made it seem mad special was, and yeah, personal. And, but also like, it was something that a listener would do. Yes, like people exactly. have sent us shit like that before. Exactly. So that it wasn't like, if it was my personal, if somebody sent me that on my personal, I might be like, what is this? But like people send us stuff like that. So I didn't want to ignore it. But you uh, know me, I would have. It got attacked. I know. <laughs> I'll be ignoring everything. I know. But uh, yeah, that's why I think it's best, you know, if you are sending us something heartfelt and things like that, just send it to our email mm-hmm. um, so we're less likely to like run into more viruses and yeah. shit like that. So, and as we say all the time, our email is teawithqueenandj at gmail.com. Yes. Right. You ready to get into the show? Let's do this shit. Queen, what kind of tea are you drinking? I am not drinking tea. I actually drank the um, what is it, lychee tea earlier? Oh, you did. That's how we say it. Someone told us how to say it, and I forgot. Right? Lychee, lychee. Yeah. I had some lychee tea, but now I'm drinking water. Okay, because I gotta stay hydrated. All right, keep the haters away. You do. What kind of tea are you drinking? I bought some new tea. Some bomb-ass jasmine green tea. It tastes mad jasmine I hope it's real jasmine and not some type of, like, jasmine acid or jasmine <laughs> essence or, like, something. Like, I'm just going <sighs> to pretend, hope that no one is trying to do me harm because it's mad good. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say on the box exactly where all this jasmine is coming from. But mm. it's delish. So that's what I'm drinking. That's my new popping. That's that's my new, uh, my new chai. <laughs> so... That's what it I'm It tastes on. mad jasmine. It does. It tastes mad jasmine. 
What are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I am enough. Mm -hmm. I'm affirming that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I'm well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy. Healthy. And that I will always and forever stunt on these hoes. That doesn't mm. that doesn't end in 2019. Mm-mm. That can continues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay? Until mm-hmm. I die. Mm-hmm. Stunt on these hoes till I die. Mm-hmm. I also affirm that I will find a healthy sex buddy that will add to my pleasure. I will say that people have been popping up yes. in my phone. So we see what happens with that. Because there's one sex partner that I really enjoyed in the past who mm-hmm. popped up. So... Hopefully he's not a toxic, horrible person anymore. No, we, it's not. We shall see. No, it's not. We shall see. Way. And I also affirm that I will have a fruitful and abundant 2020. I like that. Yeah. I like that. What are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I affirm a mm. life full of abundance. I affirm health, wealth. Oh, wait a minute. I'll tell y'all that later. I affirm health, <laughs> wealth, and financial stability. I affirm sensuality and Damn. baddiness. Yes. yes. I affirm that I am not a lady. Please do not call me that in the 2020. Let's set this shit off right for the new year. Okay. Let's leave ladiness, ladiness, ladydom, ladyhood. Let's leave that shit in 2019. I don't want it. I don't want it. We'll get this email tomorrow. <laughs> I know, I know. I was gonna say, hi ladies, I love your podcast. All right. Do ya? Do ya? <laughs> Do ya? Please don't call me a lady. <laughs> I affirm that I am enough. My apartment is paid for, my rent is paid. I'm self employed. I'm paid. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. Yes. I don't underquote or undersell myself. I get my rate. I affirm a brand new MacBook Pro with mm-hmm. all of the toppings. I am healthy. And um, I got a little part-time job. Mm-hmm. It's a full-time job with part-time money. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's call it what it is. But anyway, I'm going there to get fresh air mm-hmm. because I need it. Because depression is trying to be like, hey, hey. what you doing? So I'm um, taking like a little temporary job so I can like have a routine mm-hmm. for a moment. Um, but I also had a good phone interview for like a job paying like money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't... Right. So I want to affirm... I don't want to per se affirm that particular thing, even though I would be comfortable with that particular job with the money. I just want to affirm that money. Got it. I want to affirm that salary. I want to... And above. I want to affirm um, that consistent income soon, mm-hmm. now. Yes. And... um Maybe that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I want the money for sure. I want to affirm that. Be specific. Don't say maybe. Right. I want to affirm consistent income. Yes. Yeah. And a flexible schedule. See? There we go. Look you. at be that. Be specific. Don't there you go. That's how you do it. Thank you. See, I needed that, <laughs> I needed that affirmation coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to affirm consistent, abundant income. And a flexible schedule. See? Yes. See? Perfect. That was great. Yeah, the universe would be like, what? You said right? what? Right. <laughs> this is what you asked for. You just, all you got to do is work 80 you hours. You said you want the pickles on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Yeah. Cool. So those were our affirmations. All right, let's get into some television. What we're watching, what we're watching. Yeah. Ooh la la la. It's the shows that we're watching when we're sipping tea. Ooh la la la. It's the shit that we're watching with J. Dot and Queen. Ooh la 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 la. Come on. What we're watching. So what we're watching. Yes, Queen, can you tell everybody what our what we're watching segment is about? It is a segment about what we're watching. What the fuck are we the end. watching? <laughs> now we talk a lot about what we're watching. We're like TV junkies. Um Jay's a movie junkie. I watch movies if someone takes me. And um we like to talk about them. Yeah, but it's it's what we're watching, it's why we're watching it and like what we got out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a womanist race nor a critique of whatever we're watching. Bada bing. Bada boom. All right. So, over Kwanzaa, the Kevin Hart docuseries came out on Netflix. Kind of Kwanzaa gift is that? <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift for somebody. There are people who really really fucks with Kevin Hart. Um there are people curious about Kevin Hart and there are people who really don't like him so i don't know for somebody it was a kwanzaa i like television i honestly i hadn't intended on watching this mm-hmm. um but i'll watch the trailer on like netflix i'll watch yeah. any trailer that i think is like oh this looks like it might be a hot mess or like what's going on here whatever so i watched the trailer and it didn't look bad the way that it was initially introduced to a lot of people in media, I think, was that he would be doing a docuseries so that you could see that he's not a bad guy. This is, I'm paraphrasing, but this is the messaging I feel like a lot of us got. He's not a bad guy. And that, you know, last year, 2019, he had that incident where his old tweets resurfaced, old homophobic tweets resurfaced. Yeah. His apology was uh, sloppy, dismissive. He was up to host the Oscars. They asked him to apologize in order to host, and he declined. He just said he was not going to. I've apologized. Yeah, I've apologized for this already. That's not who I am anymore. If you don't believe that people can change, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. Like, very dismissive. So it was presented initially, I think, to a lot of people, like the docuseries was going to be about, like, the behind the scenes of that and like we don't really know the story we don't really know what happened and so that felt like to me i don't need to see that yeah i didn't um that's not what i got i thought it was about his recovery and i was like oh what his is recovery, he recovery from, from what bigotry like i wasn't sure uh-huh oh somebody he had he wasn't in an accident oh okay. but it wasn't about that either I don't know. But yeah, that was that was what the I guess the Twitters kinda gave me the feeling that it was like him recovering. I'm like, recovering from what? That's mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Okay. So lots of confusion. <laughs> Basically. Lots of confusion. And Right. So that was why I didn't want to watch because I was like, I don't need to know what I think a lot of us walked away with was either he is not sorry mm-hmm. for his homophobic tweets. Or he is sorry, but his pride won't allow him 
to apologize, like give an actual authentic apology yeah. you without making You know what he did with that victim? apology too? I know we're not talking about yeah. that, but he did with Ruben Stutter, like, I'm sorry for 2004. That's it. <laughs> Just sorry for the 2004. If you can't accept that right. this one thing I yeah. said is for all the fucked up shit yeah. I did in 2004, mm-hmm. then fuck you. Right, That's right, he right. You're supposed to take that. Yeah. So the trailer, if you are somebody who likes a docuseries, if you are somebody who likes reality television mm-hmm. or any of those shows that have been about anybody, yeah. anything that Oprah has ever done on her network that's behind the scenes or whatever, yeah. anything, there's a docuseries, Even anything that happened like, on Bravo. Like that show True Life that used to be on MTV. Yes. Like, just like to just kind Thank of you. just... Any of yeah. that shit, this is a part of... I would I would include this type yeah. of television in that because a lot of people were saying, well, what's the point of this? What's the point of any of this shit? You know what I'm saying? What is the point of anything reality based that we watch? Anything yeah. unscripted? What the fuck is the point of it? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Hart is one of the most famous people in the world. It's not shocking that there would be a documentary or docu series on his rise to celebrity. That's mm-hmm. not you know what I'm saying? Not far fetched. It's not far fetched, right? So I like shit like that. Kevin Hart is a black person. I am curious about what the fuck happened. It was mentioned that that would be discussed, but the docuseries wasn't about that uh-huh. drama and that incident. It just looked interesting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I watched it. It was interesting. And what it was not was, look at me, I'm a good guy, which is what I didn't want to fucking watch. That's what I thought it might be. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. It also was not an expose on that homophobic incident. So that yeah. episode, that was one episode. It was the last episode. So the How many series episodes? is six episodes. Okay. So five episodes about all manner of other shit. I think we learned more about the people around him than it wasn't so kevin hart heavy it was like yeah. we about his family and shit like this and how he got to where his where he is and his path his career path and all that shit or whatever uh-huh. but it was also a lot about the people around him and the black people around him which is interesting to me talks about his family uh-huh. i think the things that were most interesting to me and why i bring it up is because i feel like because people i will say Within a certain demographic, I'm going to say on social media, on Twitter or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Because I feel like outside of where we got all this news, outside of the shit he was saying on Twitter, outside of our world of like constant media, online, social media shit, yeah. a lot of people don't care about the ins and outs of whatever exactly. happened with him in yep, the Oscars. They it don't. was just like, oh, this oh. black guy was supposed to host the Oscars. White gay men got upset and now he didn't, then he didn't host. Yeah. They wanted him to bend and apply and whatever, whatever, whatever. I feel like on social media, people who already went in not liking him came out like not liking him because I feel like the point of it was not to make people like him. And I thought it was interesting to me. I'm not a person who didn't like Kevin Hart. I'm not a person who liked him per se. I am somebody who... He was just there. He's just there. Yeah. He's just just there. He's a famous person. He's just there. Yeah. Sometimes he's in movies that I like. He's just, would I go see him perform? No. If somebody was like, hey, I have free fucking VIP tickets to go see. Okay, sure. Great. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's not, you I know. I go outside. I go outside. Yeah, sure. Good times. Mm-hmm. Good times. So we learned about his family. We learned about his dad. He had a um like complicated relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. But we learned, like I said, a lot about the people around him. And I think that for a black male, a cis black male celebrity, 
oftentimes we see an entourage around those people and any celebrity you see an entourage around them and you don't know if these people are hangers on or what they do or whatever and i thought that it was valuable to see black people around him that were his friends who he hung out with or whatever but also people who were working like they all everybody around him had a purpose Mm -hmm. everybody around him was creating their own show that either included him or was being produced under his umbrella company or whatever Uh and so i thought the ins and outs of that was really interesting i also thought it was an interesting um personality study Mm -hmm. i think he is a bit of a narcissist and uh an egomaniac yeah and i think that also i don't you know i don't know what that word means but he's got a big ego i always think of legos when i hear that okay sure whatever run with that guys but But i thought it was an interesting personality study because when i would say throughout most of the episodes like he is he is an entertaining guy. He's a smart guy. That's how he's gotten to where he is. Yeah. And I think with that, for a lot of people, comes a certain amount of ego, especially if you found success early, mm-hmm. especially if you are somebody that people counted out or didn't think was going to, quote unquote, make it or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I thought it was interesting to see how that can happen and see that on display. Yeah. And I thought what I thought was valuable about it. So like I said, the last episode is about the incident with the homophobic tweets and how poorly he handled that apology and shit like that. And yeah. you get to see when that happened, a lot of us on the outside were like, yo, what is he thinking? What are his friends yeah, saying? Like, who are your friends? Whose man is usually this? what I, we, yes. I always think when shit happens. Yes. Like, where's your friends? Yes. Where are they? And I think that I think that in the US, black men, cis black men are painted as being the most homophobic motherfuckers around. On, on the planet. On the they planet. invented that shit. Yes. <laughs> right. That's that's how they're painted. Yeah. And um I think us as black people, I wanna say us as black people know that that black folks have not cornered the market on homophobia. Black men do not own homophobia. You know what I'm saying? We know that. I don't think that, um, I think there are people, black people who believe that, but yeah. I right. So my, what I was going to follow that up with is I think because we are black people and we experience and engage with abuse at the hands of other black people, because that's who we know. And it's that's intra- who we fuck with. Yes. It's intracommunal. So, but I think that there's us, there are people within our community who know that that's not the case, mm-hmm. right? There are people within our community who feel that that's the case. But I think that a broader picture for society has been painted that cis black men are these the brutes of yeah. masculinity. Yeah. The brutes of masculinity. They invented homophobia. and Like they're cavemen. Like- Thank you. <laughs> They are that that's yes. Cis black men yeah. are the cavemen of men. Yeah, exactly. And that even though on this podcast we are constantly talking about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism because we are black women who date and fuck black men. Mm-hmm. Because those when we date and when we date and fuck men, those are the men that we engage with. Yeah. Because of that, it can come across to people that we have an issue with black men and not an issue with men. You know what I'm saying? When the issue is, is men the and the way that men yeah. move and white supremacy and shit like that. Yep. So you are most equipped to eat, to critique those who you encounter most frequently, right? Yes. But that's our personal business. I feel like, 
like I just said, society as a whole, people outside of our community have this perception of black men as the brutes and the key holders of homophobia. Yeah. So this was interesting to me because the people around him, the black men around him, like, I didn't know. Yes, we get to know these men throughout the show. I didn't know if they were going to be co-signing his homophobia. I didn't know if they were going to be like, yeah, fuck that. You don't need to apologize or whatever. I thought that it was interesting and I thought it was important that the show, it showed, because it's happening in real time, right? So they started filming this. And famous people, they walk around with camera crews all the time. So it looked like they started filming this documentary like two years before that incident even happened. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to see them on camera talking about him wilding and it not being staged. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. it not being something that they were crafting to create this reality moment, to create this got to hear both sides kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like they were really in a crisis meeting talking about how he was wilding or just before that talking about like, did you see this shit? Or he's like, it was nice to see his black male peers being critical of the way that he was handling this situation. Yeah. And so like a lot of the shit that we were thinking were things that people who it also it also was refreshing to see somebody who had a team around him of people who were smart and actually cared about him at the same time. Yeah. That was also refreshing because a lot of times we think of Hollywood as it's it's fucking like kill or be killed. It's a fucking uh, what, whatever the fuck they call Hollywood. A cesspool of fucking, I don't know, debauchery or what, whatever the fuck. Like you'll be eaten by wolves or whatever. I don't know. They'll eat your babies and shit. Yeah, all of that. It was nice to see that he was at least smart enough to surround himself with people who care about him, mm-hmm. who care about his business. Because that's the other thing. And who would tell him he's wilding. Yes. That's important. That is important. There was a moment where his brand manager, who was also someone who he's close with, close with and like grew up with and shit like that, was talking to his PR manager who said, okay, he can't do this interview. And she, he's like, yo, if you tell him he cannot do it, he's going to go and do it. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we, whatever, whatever yeah. the fuck. So it was refreshing to see black men in business. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had, I think I saw one or two black women within the ranks but it was mostly uh to be fair it was mostly people who he knew and grew up with and shit like that but it was nice to see black folks working together yeah building each other up and holding each other accountable. holding each other accountable and it was nice to see now when i say holding each other accountable are they quote-unquote woke black twitter niggas no you know what i'm saying but it was nice to see that in this Some scenario neither. right that's true <laughs> That too. They, don't want they are me not. That. that too. It was nice to see that they was not. They weren't all wilding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was refreshing to see. It was nice to see that in an earlier episode, Kevin starts talking sideways to his trainer. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see his trainer hit the camera and get ready to punch him in the face. I delighted in that. <laughs> I enjoyed that because that nigga's from outside. Fuck you thought. Fuck you thought. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole thing. But um, oh, yeah, I, I really did feel like there were a lot of interesting things within that series outside of that one episode yeah. about the homophobic incident. But there was also good shit in that episode. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of the conversation on social media was, was he doing this for this is, yeah, this is what's the point? What what's the this? point of this? Dude, mm-hmm. most of the shit that we watch, what's the point of any of it? 
What's the point of What's power? the point of what is the point of that? <laughs> what is the point? But a lot of the reality based shit. What is the point of love and hip hop? But I watched yeah. that shit. What's the point? Of, what's the point of watching? Um, didn't who had a show? Not Jack K. I'm I'm too black to be confusing these two women. The other one that looks like Jack K. Whitney? That's not Jack K. Whitney? Yes, yes, yes. What was the point of watching Kim Kim, Kim Whitley's sh- show? What was the point of that? I don't know. What is the point? Remember Deion Sanders had What is had the us? reason? Remember Deion Sanders? I remember because I watched some <laughs> of that. Too. Yeah. What is? What was the reason for any of this? Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if The Rock did a docuseries, we would watch that shit. He would. We would watch it. Would. You're right. You got a point there. So, I, I just didn't like Netflix forcing me. It was like every time I turned on the app. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Kevin, yeah. watch this shit. That's funny. Something else that I thought was interesting, and you mentioned it when we were talking about it um, off mic, uh-huh. but there is the incident where he gets caught cheating and that, like how he was set up and all that stuff or whatever. He was set up. One of his allegedly oh yeah somebody the in his camp to yeah tried to um, bribe, bribe him, him, but he was there to record the incident and all that stuff, which was like a setup. Now, I mean, you were cheating though. That part, <laughs> <laughs> you, you could have said, "Now nah, I'm good on cheating. <laughs> now nah, I'm good on all this cheating. I'm alright. Let's I'm a- let's go fucking. I was go have a drink or something. You know what I'm saying?" <laughs> So there's that, but also it would be nice if his homeboy wasn't trying to extort him for ten million dollars. That would be nice, allegedly. Well, you know, you're a cheater, so. <laughs> well, there's that. But anyway, so when his wife is, they interview her, and she's just talking about. She said a lot of different things about how upset she was and being embarrassed and all that stuff, and that um, why she gave him another chance and yada yada yada. yada. But there's this moment where she talks about later in the series how she feels, she says they've been through a lot and honestly how she feels like that incident made him a better man. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people on social were saying- Yeah, they were dragging her. Yeah. They were dragging her. Yes. Like by her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Like all through the street. (laughs) Right. So the critique was that Kevin Hart gaslit her into thinking that that had to happen in order for her to have a better man, for him to be a better person, and that yeah. they're all better for it, and that she's... Oh, she did say... She did use the language, I'm kind of glad that it happened, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Oh, bless her heart. Bless her little heart, bless right? Bless her little bless heart. Bless her little heart. That's her business, mm-hmm. okay? This is somebody... I, I feel like, and we'll talk more about this later, but like... There are aspects of social media that are real life, but also a lot of us are carrying these social media personas that are not real life. At right? the fuck. Oh, I exactly. can't wait. So you, so you and I, we know what our politics are here. Yeah. We know the type of men that we would date and would not, not date or whatever, date. right? We know the type of men that our homegirls would date, would not date or yep. whatever, right? For those who date men. Yeah. Kevin Hart is a type of person that I don't think that I would find myself in a relationship with, right? But also, we know people who got married in their 20s, okay? I know lots. Yes. I'm Muslim. Yes. <laughs> right. We Just know people. married off. Exactly. We know people who got married in their 20s. Right. I am not Muslim, but I know people who went to college, graduated, yeah, married whoever they dated in college or got married shortly after. Some of them are still married to those people. Some of them are not or whatever, but like... If I married the type of dude that I dated when I was in my 20s, which I think is how old um, his wife was when they got together or whatever. But if I married that type of dude, 
my politics are totally different now. And unfortunately, your yeah. partner often does not change with, with you. you. And I just I just feel like so much of the criticism. I have homegirls who are married or love people who I would never love. And as to me, as long as is he abusing you, you know what I'm saying? Is he hurting you mm-hmm. or whatever? Like, as long as that's not happening, I'm going to love you. And I'm going, regardless to what's happening, I'm going to love you and support you in any way that I can. Yeah. And I feel like we as womanists as black feminists a lot of people are putting their politics on other people's relationships yeah in ways that we we know the type of people that we have dated and the type of people that our friends have dated and women yes it is so hard for women regardless to what our politics are to date people whose politics match ours if you are a wild uh, I use wild in an endearing way, right? If you are a wild womanist, if you are a wild black feminist or whatever, the chances of you meeting a man person whose politics match with the chances of you, let, let me bring this you back, the s- chances of you meeting a masculine woman, okay? The ch- yeah, if, you, if you date women, the chances of you meeting a masculine, masculine woman, woman, if masculinity is your shit, yeah. is what you're attracted to, yep. the chances of you meeting a masculine person of you any gender, non-binary, of. whatever, yeah, it's hard to meet one that shares your same black feminist politics, yep. womanist politics, whatever, right? Yep. I'm not saying that you have to be someone who makes compromises. I'm saying we all know mad people who compromise, all of us compromise. Yes. We all compromise. Yes. Like the, It's like, just really strange for me to see people who are married to whole white men, okay? Oh. Who somebody, people who are got white men at their house drinking their juice. Talk just, about it's it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but it there becomes are, a problem. When it you becomes start a problem when you start looking at black women who only date black, black men, men, right? Who that's their choice and that's how they move and they, they either. Some negotiate their politics when yeah. they do that because all of us negotiate our politics in some way. I choose not to negotiate my politics in my relationships. And I'm often, I'm a whole fucking non-monogamous, non-monogamous person who is in a monogamous relationship <laughs> by fucking accident yeah. because I can only find one nigga whose politics <laughs> jive with mine. Yours, yep. I, 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 you know how hard I be trying to fuck other people? I can't. Um. I can't do I'm, it. I'm trying to fuck a person. Hello. A person. Hello. I like Hello. men and women. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just what you were saying about gatekeeping, though. Yeah, so we were talking off mic, and I was saying how we say often that social media is great because it takes away the gatekeepers, and now we have access that we wouldn't have before because the other gatekeepers that used to be in media aren't there, not realizing that with your platform, you are becoming a gatekeeper, mm-hmm. and you are influencing people with your thought, and people believe you. People mm-hmm. believe what you say. So, like... Kind of like what we say every week, be more responsible with your platform, especially when you're critiquing other black women. other black women and other black women who are going to have experiences that you're not going to have because, like you said, you got a whole ass white husband. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole different yeah, and that, thing. That, you can have a white husband and still, of course, you're still living under the patriarchy. Of course you are. Of course, your husband is still you may negotiate in that relationship, but the negotiations are different because his life experience has made him a different motherfucker than the black men that we choose to date. Exactly. And understand that like shit, you've been through shit too. Don't act like, 
none of don't act like you never believed that before because right. a lot all of us for the most part are socialized to think that we're supposed to stand by a man mm -hmm. and stick through them with this stuff you're supposed to mm -hmm. grow a man yep. and all the shit teach, that we're all socialized to think we're supposed to right. do with a man and she's at the phase where she still believes in that mm -hmm. shit and she may always believe in that shit like it, it's different for everyone so like i'm gonna look at that and think to myself no mm -hmm. not at this big age right. i don't no more all of that. That's not a compromise I'm willing to make anymore. But I'm not going to front like that's never a compromise I've never made in my life mm -hmm. and critique this, like, younger person for making a decision that's best for her at the moment. Right. Like The other piece of it that is, is wild fucking whack is, um, and I know we keep referencing uh, this person having a whole ass white husband at home. It's just a pattern that I've seen with motherfuckers with white partners at home critiquing yeah. the way that black on black relationships um, should work, should work yeah, are working okay. and what people are doing and stuff. I'm just using that as an example, but a lot of people have stuff to say about Kevin Hart's wife and the things that she said. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing. Kevin Hart is one of the most famous people in the world. She has chosen to stay with him in their marriage, which is uh, marriage is a, both a romantic partnership, hopefully, and a business partnership. Yeah. That's that's real life. It's all type of stuff entangled with that. It's possible that she don't even believe that. What? She is on a reality show. She is on a, in a docu. She's there is a camera in front of her asking her about her relationship with her husband who cheated on her and is who is and who is one of the most famous people in the world. Yeah, maybe she don't want to share with you that her politics are. I wish this didn't happen. He's not a better man. It really just wasted two years of our life. But here we are, and we're we're better now together. Maybe exactly. that's not what she wanted to say. Mm -hmm. For a lot of us who are, again, black feminists, womanists, whatever the fuck our politics are, a lot of us, or anyone who that's not there, a lot of us grow into our voice. Yeah. A lot of us, things that we would not have said five years ago, we feel more comfortable. And it's part of this the journey of this the, podcast has been. And people say that all the time. Yes. But they listen what to can older you say? episodes. Yes. Like, whoa, this is, you know, like, yes. we grow. We grow. Things change. Yeah, I just, I just want to. I wish that we would show each other and pe the people that we are trying to um, lead in having a voice. Like we're trying to make sure that we are using our voices and giving a voice to others. Like a whole thing within liberation movement is making sure that we're giving each other voices. And I just feel like, or making space for mm -hmm. one another to mm -hmm. grow and to use our voice. It just feels like if if we feel like someone's voice is being stifled, it just feels, it just felt really critical and harsh the way that people are talking about her voice in regards yeah. to her relationship. And now that you say that, cause I didn't watch the documentary mm -hmm. and a lot of my knowledge come from people tweeting and shit. Right. I mostly heard about that. Mm. like it all became a conversation about her whereas this is a whole ass documentary about mm -hmm. this motherfucker about this man and who has actually done things right. she hasn't done anything mm -hmm. she hasn't done anything but try to survive yeah and he's and he but i'm saying in the scope of like who needs to explain something right. who needs to be critiqued right. who need, he she hasn't done anything mm -hmm. and all the conversation that i got from social media when it came to this documentary was that her mm -hmm. it was all about her mm -hmm. you know and yeah. even like for myself like me personally like when i first like saw that conversation i was like oh my god like damn mm -mm, i can't be doing that i can't mm -hmm. be going on man you know like mm -hmm. the stuff that i know for myself but like then i had to remember that like, this girl's young yeah 
Yeah, like she's, I would probably be thinking the same thing at that age mm-hmm. because that's how, what I thought I it had to be. She's she younger than him. She's like oh, she really is. younger than right, him. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like with way less relationship experience, I'm sure than him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I kind of like how to think about it. And it's, I think that's the piece that's missing is that your initial thought could be like, uh-uh. But mm-hmm. then, like, really just start to, like, sit with the thought and think about what you're actually about to say or what you're actually about. You know, think deeper. Don't just, mm-hmm. just like, jump on that impulse mm-hmm. to be like, uh-uh, could it be me? Right. No, it, it it can be you and it's been you. Mm-hmm. Like, stop fronting. You know it's been you. Yeah, it's just interesting when a lot of the things he was doing and saying were not so far-fetched from how everyday dudes act and behave. And we engage They all with do every, the same shit. They're yeah, not different. We engage with these everyday dudes all the time and it feels like people are, are less reluctant to critique the everyday dudes in their own life Yo. than they are to critique the everyday dudes that are... You I, know. I mean, you. I, I guess it's different. Of course, we're going to all critique Kevin Hart because we all know the same everyday dude. But like, it could be somebody on the timeline that, okay, 10 of us know. Nobody saying nothing. <laughs> we just letting him. We just gonna give this nigga cookies because he knows how. To, he knows the word feminism. That's it. <laughs> That's no, why I don't give none that. of them cookies. I don't give him shit. Yeah, I don't give him shit. You can't. I eat my own cookie. Okay. But oh, now I want a cookie. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, you want to uh, take a break? Mm, yeah, take a break. All right. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes, so give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Every week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website, tvthequeenandj.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. And we have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. we will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again (laughs) all the time yes and we're black all the time all right yeah you ready to get into a moment in black hair let's do it all right jd you want to tell Everyone, what is a moment in black hair? Yes, black hair is political as fuck. We don't want it to be. It should not be. But because our very existence as black people is an act of resistance, our hair is politicized by the white majority. The Mayan. When we say the Mayan, we mean all of the white people, not just the white men. But I like to say the man. Okay. All right. So that is 
moment in, in black, black hair. hair. Oh yeah, so we have we have like good moments and bad moments. Yeah, we do. We do. We What's do. this one? This An one awkward is a bad moment. moment. Oh, okay. No, moment well, not bad. Awkward hair. and like let's just be for real. This is like mm. a let's be for real moment when okay. it comes to black hair. Okay. Um. So over the weekend, I noticed on Twitter because everyone knows I'm a Twitter addict. Mm. Two viral instances of a black woman's hair being touched. Y'all know we're not for that shit, and this conversation isn't about don't touch my hair. That's not what this conversation is about. Right. We already know that's a no-no, and yeah. white women don't and, be touching insist, our hair. Yeah, but they insist on doing it. Right. I don't, I don't know. Right. So the first thing was it was a video that went viral of a black woman who, I guess she wore her hair natural to the office for the first time or something like that, and... The white people are like petting her hair, like oh, I didn't listen to the sound because I was so like by the video. But they're like patting her hair, and someone is recording. It looks like a Snapchat kind of video, mm-hmm. um, recording the incident happened. This moment goes viral. Everyone that I know in the world, not everyone I know in the world, mm-hmm. but everyone, all the reactions. If you look under it, if you people retweeting it, people quote tweeting it, whatever, they're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I would have, I would have punched them, or I would have did this, or not on my head, or I would have, you know, whatever like that. So I see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, whatever, move on. I figure I can just move on with my life, and I won't have to deal with mm-hmm. another black hair issue. But then there was another thing that I saw that went viral. It was like three pictures, um, three snapshots of a woman who appears she was in like maybe a Sephora-like place, sitting in one of the chairs, probably waiting to get her makeup done from someone. Mm-hmm. And you see the white woman in each frame of the picture, the white woman is closer to her. Mm-hmm. And in the last picture, the white woman is touching her hair and a girl looks like like shocked. Like, right. what the f- like what the fuck is happening to me? Again, mad people. Uh-uh, I would have knocked her out. I would have did this. I would have did that. You know, whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And what made me, I hadn't said anything about either of these things because it was just like... Shut up. Mm -hmm. What made me say something was um, someone that I follow, can't remember their name. I do know them in person, but I'm horrible with names, right? Retweeted it and was like, Y'all gotta stop letting them touch your hair. This is a black man, just for context. Mm -hmm. Um, Y'all gotta stop letting them touch your hair. So I added him and was like, Who says that we're letting them? You know, who says that? Um, And then it turned into a conversation between me, him, and also Rod from the Black Who Tips. And it's just like, None of all of this stuff. I would have did this. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. Not mm. me. No, that's not the truth. Stop that's it. not what it would be. Stop that it. moment for all of us is awkward as hell. Awkward, a lot of times when that happens, the power dynamics are not in your favor. So you are at work, mm-hmm. but that is like a manager yep. or you know shit like that where yep. you don't know what to do. Or sometimes it's like even if the power dynamics aren't there, you're like I'm just trying to like fucking order a coffee like you don't even want to deal with this shit in the moment because you just want to just get past it if every black person fought or cursed out or spit on or whatever every white person that touched your hair we'll we'll hear about these incidents these fights these whatever way more than we do Mm -hmm. because they don't happen because all of us just feel awkward or embarrassed Mm -hmm. and just want to get past the moment a lot of us are not fucking getting bucked because somebody's touching our hair. Mm-hmm. Let's be for real. Let's be honest about that. You sit at your desk, you eat your sandwich, and eat you shut sandwich. the fuck up. And we're not faulting you for doing that because we get it. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I get it. Sometimes you just want to just be like, I'm at the bar here to have fun. All of this other shit I don't want to do. I don't want to go to jail. Right. I don't want to like, I don't want to be right now in this moment. I don't want to be that angry black woman. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, like all of that shit. Mm-hmm. It's not something that all of us are fucking ready to fucking morph into Power Rangers and fight for Mm -hmm. all the time. And that is okay. It is nothing wrong with that. It's like other things happening, other microaggressions, other things happening all around us. 
that it's like you could probably you could take the L every once in a while because somebody touched your fucking hair. We right. all do it. It's like none of us like it. Well, most of us don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> most of us don't like it, but come on, let's be for real. Let's be yeah. honest. Stop lying. Mm-hmm. And then another instant, another thing that I noticed is that I think because, especially with black men, a lot of black men are growing their hair out mm-hmm. more so um, mm-hmm. than maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. Right. So beards or their like hair on their head. And now they're realizing that people are touching their hair. And now they're trying to... Um, because he actually asked me too, like, what, what do you do when someone touch your hair? And I'm like, I don't fucking, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I say something. Sometimes I don't. Right. Sometimes I'm the type of person, once you make me uncomfortable, I have to make you uncomfortable to make me feel comfortable. So mm-hmm. I'll say something to make them uncomfortable. Like I'll touch their skin and I'll, you know, I'll do something like that Clean. to just show them. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is different. That's surprisingly That's messy. what that feels mm-hmm. like. Oh, pasty you know i'll do something like that because right. that makes me feel comfortable again but like i don't know i can't predict what i would do in a moment like i can't mm-hmm. so i say that to say that i'm noticing that now men are a little more in conversation which i think is good and important but it also makes me upset because a lot of times when I was told I shouldn't care about that shit, it has been black men. Mm-hmm. So like na- like you had to grow hair or grow beard to understand these instances that black women have continuously for you to like fucking like empathize. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than me just telling you, this is a violation of my space. This is a violation of my blackness and all of that shit. Right. So it's like different layers here. So like mm-hmm. it is okay. If in a moment you don't fucking stab a bitch because they touch your hair, it is right. fine. Yeah, you can't always do that. I worked uh, uh, back when I was working in cosmetics. Mm-hmm. I was at my desk and we had a new GM, like of the whole company. We had mm-hmm. a new GM. Everybody was hustling and bustling. Like it was a big deal that we had this new person. It's a big deal that he's in the office. He's yeah. in the building. He's going to be doing rounds. They were doing like filming little special, you know, presentations for mm-hmm. the global intraweb. And it was a whole fucking thing. Yeah. My desk was in an important place because I worked with, you know, quote unquote, important people or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking like myself and... I have told white peers at my job, like, oh, can I touch your hair? No. I've said it. I've said it jokingly. I've said it seriously. People who I felt like the power dynamic is such where I can tell you not to touch my hair and I'm not risking my whole job. Because I have to decide. Because there are other things I've had at that job to take a stand for. It's like, what do I want to risk my job for? You know what I'm saying? So there were people who I've told, oh, no, you can't. No, no, no. Yeah. No, 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 you can't ask me that. There are people who I've been completely like, you can't ask me that. Don't ask me that again. Mm -hmm. This French man who everyone is buzzing about. Yeah. Okay. Comes, comes to my desk with his French accent. Oh my goodness. Look at your hair. Can I touch it? I don't remember if I said, yeah. Or if you just like, or if I smiled like, I didn't say no, mm-hmm. and I thought about it all day, and I think and I think about it today. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I did not tell the man that the whole building was prepping and nervous and all this stuff. And I did not tell him no. I didn't want to have that awkward moment with this white man in this position of power who maybe 
if I told him no, maybe this white French man would be okay with it. But my boss who reports to him would be uncomfortable now that I did that. And now who knows what's going to happen. And I was known in my, at my job as being the person who would say something. The person not afraid to lose my job. The Mm -hmm. person not afraid to risk things like that. The reality is I also am a person who has rent. I also have to decide when, when, yeah, I might be more willing to take the risk than my peers, my counterparts. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm willing to risk it all. I was there because I needed my check. Yeah, yeah You exactly. know what I'm saying? And so there really is this illusion of like, how do we re- really behave? How do we really they do They think things? we live in a black, black exploitation film. Like <laughs> white people come around, they be like, no, you, you white devil, you white job, Never turkey cracker. And then we just start fighting. No, no we don't live that way. That's we don't like life. walk around in fur coats and platform shoes. I kind of wish we did. But like, it would. I like yeah. it. I like the visual. And like I said before, I think that there's space for a certain amount, a certain amount of conjecture on social media, a certain amount of joking about what you would have did, yeah. a certain amount of like feeling safe because we are on a press group of people, a certain amount of safety we've created for ourselves. And I don't think it's bad to create a thread on your timeline that is in essence a black exploitation story <laughs> of what you would do if somebody touched your hair what i don't think is that that should be attached to somebody's real life experience yeah it should not be a critique like, of how somebody dealt with exactly their day and how they exactly. navigated white someone supremacy has touched that day. your hair and you, you know there. it don't even you lie. Know it. You, you ain't got you know to lie, Craig. You ain't got, you to, ain't got lie. to lie. And you Every know what? meeting, You're Ryan not... talks over you and you don't say shit. You don't shit say nothing. You sit you at your desk conflict. and you eat your sandwich. You eat your fucking sandwich. You eat lunch through. You eat your lunch at your desk because you're afraid to take the whole hour. hour. Stop it. Like, come on. Stop it. Okay. And you know what? Stop. I do that sometimes too. <laughs> and it is okay. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, let's just be for real mm-hmm. out here. We right. get it. We're all marginalized. We make these kind of decisions. It is survival. We get it. Stop fucking lying. You're mm-hmm. not out here about that life. Want to know why? Because you can't be. And mm-hmm. we get it. We know that. Relax. Yeah. Calm, down. Calm down. You got to relax. You got to relax. got to relax. Shit. So, yeah, that's my mom on the black hair. And black men, welcome, black men. <laughs> With your beards getting touched. The and newbies. And your some locks. Of them, some of them been in it. Being in touch. Some. Touched. Of them been with some. The it's more of them now. These are facts. Okay? All right? These are facts. Jay-Z grew his hair, so now they're growing their hair. Ooh, it's like the jerseys all over again. Jehovah. That's, you know, Jesus Christ for them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because you spelled it out. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So, that all right. moment in black hair. Thank you for that. I enjoyed that moment in black hair. Thank you. Yeah, yo, you ready to get into some news that's not news? Let's do it. In a world where Don Lemon is considered a respectable news anchor. In a world where people respect Don Lemon. Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways. With a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news. That's not news. So I'll just let them know right away what the news that's not news segment yes, is. Yes, what is that shit? So news that's not news is a segment where we highlight news stories with a womanist race nerd view perspective. Mm-hmm. Or we highlight a story that the mainstream media is not talking about. 
at all because you know they whack as shit. Mm-hmm. So um, that is our news. That is not news segment. Yes. What you got for us? <sighs> okay. So uh, apparently. Okay. Um. Wait. Let me. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Ow. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Okay. Okay. All right. So I had been ignoring this story. So I heard that we had murdered, and by we, I mean the president, yeah. I mean that white man, the Trump, president of the, United, of the States. United States, had ordered a general killed, an Iranian general killed. I heard that, and I was like, do I need to be somewhere? <laughs> Is it somewhere I'm supposed to be? <laughs> like, it, it sounds like a big clusterfuck of shit. I'm like, in the moment... <sighs> In the moment, I was in my bed like, okay, what do, what am I supposed to be doing right now? How am I involved in this, right? And the reality was, in the moment, I ain't have nowhere to be. <laughs> so, in the moment, I was like, you know what? It's the new year just happened. I'm just trying to keep it mellow. Yeah. I'm already stressed out about a million other things. I'm not doing this today. I'm not doing it. People were doing it on social. I, I was like, you know who's not going to do it? I'm not. Me. 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 My cousin called me from the UK. <laughs> I would call her aunt and auntie, even though I don't call her auntie, right? So my cousin auntie called me from the UK. Oh, gosh. And we're talking just general Happy New Year conversations. Very nice of her to call. And then she's like, so I heard you're president. I'm not going to do the accent, but please insert an accent in there, right? Insert a British accent. So I heard a black British accent. So I heard your president is um, bom- over there bombing Iran. I hope the American people don't agree with that. I'm like, auntie. They don't know us. I am black. <laughs> when you say the American people, that's not us when you leave here yes yeah. when you leave here That's you're american right you're i'm american. like i know what you're asking me but no when you say the like white people voted for him and those white people who were with the shits to get him in they're with the shits now <laughs> let me let me let me tell you something i've been trying to ignore this all day <laughs> but since you are international and pay attention to these things and are you know gonna do this i am black so anyway the point is (laughs) i had to face it even though i had nowhere to be i had to face it because i'm an american and here we fucking are so my questions were are we going to fucking war what the fuck had happened yeah i don't know what's going on do i have somewhere to be my response was they lying (laughs) whatever they doing they lying i don't know the story i just know that this motherfuckers Right, right. So I figured at minimum I should know what had happened. Okay, so yes. this is where I'm gonna start. Okay, so I'm yeah. gonna just start with a little bit of what had happened. What had happened? So what had happened was, um, and this is pulled from a New York Times story on what had happened, mm-hmm. and I'll leave the link to the full article in the show notes. Okay. So Iran's top security and intelligence commander, Major General Qasim Soleimani. That's I was what say. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Soleimani. Okay was killed earlier Friday in a drone strike at Baghdad International Airport that was authorized by President Trump, uh, according to American officials, considered this particular general, Soleimani, he is considered the second most powerful official in Iran or second most powerful person, period, in Iran, which is why this is a big deal. So, just- And how you just blow up the airport? 
Yeah, that's another thing. Oh, sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Uh, I think, well, yeah, it was still at the airport. I was going to say, I think they, they blew up a car he was in, but it was still at the at airport. airport. That's like blowing up a car at like LaGuardia. That's, that happened at the fucking airport. Yeah. I'm sorry I tried to separate those things. <laughs> All right. You're um, an American. You I'm would do that. fucking American. See? Okay. Thanks, cousin <laughs> Jackie. Okay. So just a little bit of background on this particular general. From the start of the Syrian civil war, General Soleimani was one of the chief leaders of an effort to protect President Bashar al-Assad of Syria, an important Iranian ally that brought together disparate militias, national security forces, and regional powers, including Russia in recent years. But that was far from the only front he operated on. American officials accused General Soleimani of causing the deaths of hundreds of soldiers during the Iraq war when he provided Iraqi quote unquote insurgents. Deaths of dozens of soldiers? Hundreds. Hun- oh. Causing the deaths of hundreds of soldiers. Did I say dozens? No, no, no. I'm just okay. like soldiers though. Yes. Soldiers, <laughs> not civilians. Okay. Yeah, thank soldiers. You. I just wanted to Oh right. I'm so glad that you said soldiers. This. Not to say that just be killing everyone. Right. But Accused general of causing the deaths of hundreds of soldiers during the Iraq war, war. when he provided Iraqi quote unquote insurgents. With, I'm, I put that quotes in there. Uh-huh. With advanced bomb making equipment and training. So he trained sub- the opposition in the Iraqi war, which I don't. What Was he supposed to be on our side? No. I don't know. All right. Anyway, so that's what I don't even bang with us like that. Right. <laughs> they also say he has, and and we're not saying that it's cool that like soldiers die, yeah, but, but like this is the way that I will say the way I'm glad you pointed that out because the way that this paragraph is framed is like he did something outside of the general like acts of war. Yeah, like they were like in, the, war, oh, in a war, this and is that what yeah, happens. I don't, I don't it's know. Not like he generally sorry i don't mean to uh-huh. cut you off but my eye even though i didn't know any of this mm-hmm. shit but generally they painted it as if these people just killing random people right just like just killing right, like right, right. women and children and people going to school yeah. and work like this was an act of this was war that whole weapons of mass destruction bit yeah, yeah. basically right okay I, I don't know if the issue is that he is an iranian general who shouldn't have been banging with iraq i don't know but that doesn't seem how like that's supposed to work it sounds like I mean, he's over there. Yeah. Anyway. There's a war. Yeah. They also say he has masterminded destabilizing Iranian activities that continue throughout the Middle East and are aimed at the United States, Israel, and Saudi Arabia. Okay. Just for some context on who they are saying, who America is saying this person is. Mm -hmm. In terms of his role in the country, according according to this article, he would be like the equivalent of our CIA director combined with Iran's real foreign minister and as well like the UN, the United States Joint Special Operations Command, like all in one. I don't know what any of this means. So I'm, it just means he's he would be considered like he's that. He's mad nigga. important. He's mad important. And he's considered irreplaceable and indispensable, is a quote from the article, to Iran's military establishment, which is why analysts are warning that Iran will probably respond with like wild force. Like this is not somebody who is like, yeah, they took so-and-so out. We'll figure something out, or we'll we'll just because because we have been in this shadow war with uh, yeah. Iran, Iraq. Wait, who have we been in a shadow war with? 
I would say Iran. Right. All the Middle East since we were kids. We've been saying peace in the Middle East since Since we were fucking kids. You're right. You're right. So we've been in this shadow (laughs) war with them uh, forever, right? So they will blow up a base where soldiers are staying and will blow up like some other shit or Mm. whatever. So that's been going on, but it's been considered a shadow war because nothing huge has happened. No huge players have been murdered. Yeah. And this particular situation, they're saying this is like kind of a big deal and will most likely not go un like fucking retaliated it's going un, down yeah it could be going down basement so in killing general Soleimani, president trump took an action that presidents george w bush and barack and president barack obama had rejected fearing it would lead to war between the united states and iran so again uh kind of a big deal and Trump was like, fuck all of that, fuck which is that. the same way that he pulled us out of the, uh, what was it, like an armed nuclear deal with Iran? The one that President Barack Obama had initiated a deal, that deal in 2015? Oh, he didn't pull them out of it. What happened was, um, I'm paraphrasing, got paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. So what happened was he made this deal with Iran in 2015 to like, hey, you know, maybe not be fucking with them nukes. Like maybe leave uranium yeah. alone. So because like this happened... Iran is like, nah, we good. <laughs> no, but they, Trump had pulled out of that deal in. Uh, oh, he Trump pulled out of that. Deal. Yeah, in 2018, he was like, no, because what happened is, I hate this. Yeah, I Obama was like, y'all chill off the nuclear weapons, ease off of that. Don't build up those shits. Like, chill with I that, this. and we will well, ease sanctions. We'll on, ease sanctions yeah. on y'all, right? Trump was like, in 2018, he was like, nah, said, nah fuck that. Sanctions. These sanctions are causing us, I don't know, something about money. Oh, and so they was like, all right, so we're going to bang with that uranium. There man. we go. Yeah. And so now oh, we're putting God. putting the sanctions back. And y'all are wilding over there. And the sanctions, he said something about the sanctions have allowed them to kind of like run amok and blah, 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 blah. So he put the sanctions back on. And they were like, okay, well, fuck you too. And then also now this has gone down. So it's like, fuck you for real. Yeah, like we already said we was going to fuck with our uranium. And right. now you do this. Right. So uh, just a heads up. So since May, more than 14,000 troops have been deployed to the Middle East. So that's like back from May before this even popped off. Mm-hmm. So it's so just, it, was a, it was a plan in the works. It sounds... You sounds know, like, like that, you yeah. want to make sure that many people are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So started from the bottom. Now we're here. And... Uh, sounds like we could be at war with Iran. So that is my quick and dirty take on what had happened. Um, right mind, now, I don't mind, got nowhere to be. Mind but you. Troops are, mind you, troops are being deployed. Yes. Niggas that you know in the military who may have been off duty right now, people are being called in and shit. That's like important. Mind you, what else? Just mind you. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then it's annoying because this is another, like, weapons of mass destruction type farce. It's like some made up shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. And I'm going to have to be a part of this because I live in this stank ass country. Right. Well, Cousin Jackie was like, yo, the Americans down with this shit? And I was like, Cousin Jackie, I am black. Fuck that. I'm about to go to Ghana. They're giving out. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> Left and right. But what we're not going to do, <laughs> what we're not going to do is have that conversation. 
Next segment. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's move on. You ready to pay black women? Yeah, let's pay black women. All right. Give me your fucking money. So our pay black women segment is when we highlight black women owned businesses or initiatives or black women who are just need donations for anything. Could be they need money for lunch. It don't have to be no big thing. I heard blunch. I was like, want a blunt or lunch? Which one? <laughs> In this pay black women segment, we also like to include indigenous women. So again, if you are a black or indigenous woman owned business, a black or indigenous woman initiative, nonprofit, or just somebody with a GoFundMe or just somebody with a cash app who yeah. needs support. Women, of course, include trans women, cis women. In our particular segment here at Tea with Queen and Jay, we like to also open this um, segment to AFAB non-binary folks. And that's who it's for. And that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm, Are you ready to pay black women? Yes. So um, this pay black women is in a team meal. So I'm going to just read it a little quick. Okay. Um, All right. So the subject of this, I'm asking for help on behalf of my good friend. Hey, y'all. Hey, I am a new listener. I'm too broke to donate at this time. Sorry to y'all. And I'm hoping that the Tea with Queen and Jay homies can help out a good friend of mine. I'm a recent alum of North Carolina State, but she is still an undergrad student who has been running into a ton of financial issues, even while she works like three jobs. I've since moved to D.C. and I've run into my own financial issues. So I'm out so I'm not in the best position to help her. Thus, it would be really dope if the homies can help her out, smiley face. Thanks, and much love, Anonymous. So, yeah, we'll have that in the show notes, and her cash app is dollar sign Juniper Nye, and that is J-U-N-I-P-E-R-N-I-E. Um, I'm going to say it again. Dollar sign J-U-N-I-P-E-R-N-I-E. E-R-N-I-E. So, yeah, pay this black woman. Give them your money. All right, homies? That's right, y'all. Show your support. Yep. That was nice and positive. Mm-hmm. I like friends supporting friends and shit. Word. Now that we have done good, let's throw somebody in let's the pit. Let's get into the pit. Right. Everybody strap in. We're about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the this asshole. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Oh, Jay, do you want to tell people what the pit is? Yes, I do. The pit is where we throw people, places, and things who are trying to steal our black ass black joy. Sometimes it's racial. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's uh, some other shit. It's probably racial, though. A lot of times. Okay. A lot of times. Who are you throwing in the pit this Um, week? So I'm throwing in the pit, like you said, confusion about this um, murder of the Iranian general. Mm -hmm. So across the world in shock, it kind of happened like for us at nighttime in the Mm -hmm. USA. So like... Like most of, well, not most of you, like you, me and Jay, we're Twitter addicts. I'm on Twitter and that's how I found out mm-hmm. this happened. So right away, my first thought, I'm not going to front, is like kind of like fear, like I'm a Muslim person and no, I'm not like an actively Muslim person, but this is still something that I like 
relate to in those ways. So I'm like, okay, life is going to change again mm-hmm. <laughs> for Muslim people in this country. Right. Um, so that's a thought that I have. And I wasn't like vocal about it on social media or anything like that because like I'm still in the fucking United States. And although, okay, life is going to change a little more for um, Muslims here, like I'm pretty sure of it. I'm also not a person who's visibly Muslim. So like, you know, I have some safety there. Right. So I didn't want to center myself in that. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it was a thought. I kind of moved on or whatever. And I was kind of having an anxiety-filled night already anyway that night when this happened. So then I go on Twitter because that's where you go when you have anxiety. Don't do that. That's not something you should do. I don't know why. I don't know why I did this to myself. TikTok is cute, though. That's where I be. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know what? Let me watch some comedy because I don't know why I did this. Mm -mm. But I saw a tweet that I will admit for a second I agree with it for like four seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what I was doing in that mm-hmm. moment. So I'm just going to read it to you real quick. So uh, I'm going to keep them anonymous. But this is the tweet that I agreed, I agreed with for probably like six seconds. And I was like, wait, wait, let me back this call. Right. What the fuck are you doing? So this is the tweet. We are black in America. Tanks have been in our streets. Bombs have been dropped on our homes. Fire has been set to our places of worship. Soldiers have ransacked our schools. We have faced sanctions and biological warfare. We have never been immune to American imperialism. So this tweet was like in direct response. Not direct response. Like she was like tweeting to um, mm-hmm. Iran or Iranian generals and stuff. But this was came from the conversation of people talking about, are we going to be in war? What is right. this? What is that? Right. And I will admit, like I said, for about six seconds, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Yes, this is the existence and the life of a black American person. Mm-hmm. But I have not experienced warfare the way people in other right. countries have experienced warfare. Mm-hmm. And let's take a step back and not be centering ourselves in this right. shit. The it's way so, Palestinians could get it at any time. Any time. The way any Iranian person in that throughout the article that I read it was so much language that's like was just like pro Iran. Yeah. And that was they they use the term pro Iran to mean something so sinister mm-hmm. where it's like that's their country. That, like, they should be pro Yeah, what? Iran. Like, say what you Americans mean to say. say. God bless America and nowhere else. Right. What are you, what are you right. talking about? Yeah. So, so I've started seeing lots of language of that, of like just seeing black American folks kind of just come centering themselves in this mm-hmm. conversation. And it's like, one, this is not about black people who are living in the United States. That's yeah. not what this is. But then at the same time, there's a lot of like, kind of like black Muslim erasure mm-hmm. happening too. Mm-hmm. Like and within this this same instance of yeah. like not even understanding that there are actually like like black Muslims who mm-hmm. are actually from like countries that are still fucking have Muslim bands and shit. Like, like there's just so much stuff and it's just like you always well for me I always observe like black America black Americans who just think that their black existence is the only fucking black existence mm-hmm. and that it always has to be like the center of conversation and it's like me and my black American ass could know like no it's not always about me I could shut up like right now we could talk about fucking Iran and my life is still valid and my mm-hmm. life still matters even if I am fucking rallying or or caring about the people of Iran like I don't have to like fucking make myself the center of the conversation to empathize with what is going on and what can happen and possibly happen to the people of Iran. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up. 
Like, this was not the time to do that. Like, at all. This was not the time to be like, black people in America. Mm -hmm. We know that. We scream about it every fucking day. This is, we're aware of this shit. This is not the time to raise your hand and be like, I too Mm -hmm. (laughs) have experienced imperialism. We have not experienced imperialism to the degree that people outside of this country have experienced it. Fucking relax. Mm -hmm. Slow the fuck down and think about what you're saying before you say that. We have not experienced warfare to that degree. Mm-hmm. Relax. Relax. And then also seeing people who say these things as well um, and then talk about, like, war has not been in this country since, like, the Civil War, mm-hmm. like, on this land or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I'm a fucking New Yorker. I saw 9-11, and although, like, it didn't affect me in this way that was... I wasn't hugely affected by 9-11, okay. but like in the ways that lots of New Yorkers share those stories, right. that wasn't like the case for me. Mm-hmm. But like I've saw fucking planes flying to a fucking building while I was on my way to fucking school. Like mm-hmm. this is not some light shit. And I'm not saying that something will happen right away, but there's anxiety around that. People, there, the small population of people in this country have actually experience something to that degree mm-hmm. and people are just like fucking acting like it's some light shit it's mm-hmm. not what the fuck mm-hmm. it's like war war is war yeah. it's not like shut up i just needed everyone to and like everyone to shut up you know i muted so many people unfollowed so many people because it was like y'all need to learn to this you don't have to talk all the time like we're not war correspondents mm-hmm. we don't even know a lot about international fucking um things we had to like really really search to kind of try to understand what's happening in iran we are fucking americans who don't really know internationally all we don't we don't because we center ourselves so much that we don't even learn about these other things so this would be the time to be quiet and listen and learn but no we gotta run our mouths like shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. god on my fucking nerves so all motherfuckers who was doing that Go on a bit. Stop your erasure of black Muslims. Stop fucking centering black Americanness in situations that it doesn't even have to be. Like, there's times where we could fucking sit out. We are not the only oppressed people mm-hmm. in this fucking world. Shut up. Shut up. So that's my pit. I was so angry. I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight everybody. Yeah. And I, like, my cat is like, the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, mm-hmm. You have mentioned also that the jokes were bothering you. Yeah, the jokes were bothering me, mm-hmm. and they just was bothering me. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. It's war. I, I don't. I didn't get. I didn't get what the humor was. I didn't mm-hmm. know why that was funny. I didn't know that why there was a time for us to come together and make jokes, especially when it's something that, for the most part, like you said, like that doesn't have anything to do with our black. Mm-hmm. doesn't have anything like if you're someone in the military and stuff like that we are right. americans like i didn't have nowhere to be yeah exactly like, i don't have to my do nothing i want yeah. i got up the next day and just went to work like mm-hmm. my life is not changing at all right. so like i don't know just have some empathy and compassion who people's people's lives changed mm-hmm. because of one motherfucker wanted to well more than one mm-hmm. wanted to do something and i don't know it just it just that shit was wasn't funny to me i'm mm-hmm. like it's just so it was just low hanging fruit. I hate low hanging fruit mm-hmm. jokes. Like, oh, just like, what the fuck? Like, I ain't find that shit funny. That shit mm-hmm. was corny to me, actually. Did you feel? Because for a moment, I thought I had participated in that, but I realized I hadn't. Somebody during the same time when all this shit happened, somebody had made their joke was about the apocalypse. Was like, oh, uh, Twitter would be hilarious, or something about how how insane Twitter would be. Black Twitter would be 
during the apocalypse mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of jokes about like zombies and like different shit or whatever and that that thread was hilarious to me like survival and shit like that mm-hmm. so i thought i had participated in like these war jokes but i actually hadn't so i'm wondering had i read because i really was kind of trying to like disengage mm-hmm. and stay off um so i'm just wondering had i read something like a funny joke what would have been a funny joke to me about the war because i know a lot of people were sharing in jokes and shit and kind of um you know that black twitter deals yeah. with trauma and anxiety a lot of black twitter deals with like the anxiety and the stress and the fear of shit like that through humor so i'm just wondering i think for myself another reason why i wasn't funny is because i grew up my whole life with rhetoric in my home to saying the fall of America. Mm-hmm. America's going to fall. This, like I grew up in a nation of Islam where every, right. all the time you're hearing about how America is this super whatever that is go, uh, that's going to fall. By its own and, hand. Yes. Right. So I have a different relationship with that and that whole thing than a lot of other Americans do. So that's not shit I take lightly. Mm. And then I think that, because I have people sharing jokes to me, like this, thinking mm. I'll be funny. I'm like, do you forget that? I'm like, I'm a Muslim person. Right. Like, what? I don't, this is not funny. Mm-hmm. It's not funny to me. This is not funny. This is actually like man whacking and sensitive to me mm. because people just forget because right. I don't like look like or live like whatever quote, they think quote, a Muslim quote, is supposed yeah. to you look like. You were doing like. air quotes. I'm just saying it out loud. Yeah. Like whatever that's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, I ain't like it. Shit was whack. Not funny. It was not the time to center black Americanness and erase black Muslims at the same time. It was just like, y'all just get on my fucking nerves. Like, it was only fucking day three. Mm-hmm. And I hated all of y'all. Yeah. I wanted all of you to die. Hated all of you motherfuckers. All of y'all were getting on my fucking nerves. Oh, man. So all of y'all going to the pit. Shit was fucking whack. Which one of y'all? All of y'all. There's one person going to chime into me fucking, well, actually, um, there hasn't been a war in the United States since this, so we don't have nothing to worry about this and that. And I'm like, that's easy. don't have nothing to worry like, about. But I'm like, that's easy for you to say you're not Muslim. Right. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, I have family with fucking Muslim-ass names who have yeah. to, like, think, like, shut up. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Like, shut up. <laughs> I needed that, but uh, yeah. So all the, all all y'all in a pit. This shit is fucking real. War is real. Like that's that. You're in the pit. That's that, yo. Y'all in the pit. I was laughing at the apocalypse. <laughs> Fuck you, niggas. <laughs> Fuck that. I was not into that shit. I was mm-hmm. like, I muted so many people. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, oop, I don't need to see this. I'm probably only could see five people's tweets. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Can't do. You muted friends. That's the best. I did. Thing. I was like, mm-mm. You muted friends of yours. Look, yeah. I feel you. You still my friend. They call my number. Mm-hmm. Cause they'll talk. Mm-hmm. I just can't see what you fucking putting on Twitter or Facebook. That's fair. I got time for that shit. That's fair. All right. Yeah, so I think we did a show. I think we did a motherfucking show. Look at us. 2020. Podcasting in the year 2020. In the year 2020. 2020. All right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. We are at our website, T with Queen and J. <laughs> 
gmail.com. Yes. And you can always send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Anything else social media-wise? Um, nope. That's all of the things. And, and my bad if we hacked you or sent you a hacker. Yeah, yeah. sorry. We don't, we're sorry. sorry. For 2004. <laughs> Alright, that's it. We don't want to talk about we it again. Anymore. We addressed we're it. We're done. That's it. It's over. You know what? I'm going to say this real quick. Something else about the Kevin Hart thing. It reminded me that, and I say this all the time, everybody don't know you. Like, not everybody knows you. Mm-hmm. Like, he was going on this whole thing where he didn't want to apologize because he feels like everybody knows he apologized already. Like, he dealt with this already. And... Even one of, again, he's one of the most famous people in the world. Like, everybody doesn't know you. And people, some people are just meeting you. Yes, yes, yes. It's just so interesting that that is still true for a um, quote unquote celebrity of his quote unquote level Mm -hmm. and how we know people who think everybody knows them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. Everybody don't know you. That's mm-hmm. why it was a good study in like personality and people mm-hmm. and behavior and shit like that. I like shit like that. I just remember, y'all, everybody don't know you. And that's okay. That's actually normal. It's normal. Just There's know, know that everybody don't know close you. Close to 8 billion people on this planet. That's a lot. It would be weird for everyone to know you. Mm. Fuck, there's people who don't know who Beyonce is. Huh? <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. We said everything we had to say? Yeah, let's get into these hashtags. Yes, hashtags that we fucks with. T with QJ, of course. Black Lives Matter. Stop killing trans women. Maybe he doesn't hit you. Disability too white. Evo cases. All Black Lives Matter. Why I stayed. Black Panther so lit forever and always. 4C forever. 4C forever. Natural hair forever. Mm-hmm. Womanist race nerds. Ow. Ow. Hashtag ow. Hashtag ow. 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 T with QJ. Inner Hole Uprising. Bag Ladies. Mm-hmm. Unpack BG. Yep. Queer Walk. Queer Walk Pod. Marsha's Plate. Sexually Liberated Woman. A Little Juju. Badgestine. Miss Vixen. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support from a black girl named Sam. T with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. Ew. I knew he was going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Our government pimps, they get on the news, they act like we ain't even over there killing real people. They don't never get on the news and say today we killed four men, three women, and two children. They use a word niggas can't readily identify. Today we killed a group of insurgents. <laughs> niggas be at the house like, I don't even know no motherfucking insurgents. <laughs> you can kill all them motherfuckers. I don't have not one insurgent friend.